0: Welcome to MedRoom Chronicles. Join nurses and other care providers as they let you in on discussions usually reserved for the privacy of the locked medication room. In this weekly nursing podcast, the filters come off and we tell it like it is. Your hosts, nurses Adrienne Benning and Andrew Craig, are here to educate and entertain on all things in the nursing world. This podcast is intended for nursing students, nurses, nursing assistants, and other care providers. Non-medical folk will probably get a kick out of us too. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share. Happy nursing folks. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Adrienne again and if you were with us last week you'll remember that I was talking to Andrew and kind of left you with a cliffhanger. Andrew was talking about TravelCon, which he went to a few weeks ago, and he was about to talk about what he wanted to ask Dog at the convention that he just didn't get the opportunity to. So close to greatness and yet So far. So yeah, let's uh, jump right back into that conversation and plenty more to come.
1: And if I had the chance, I would have asked him essentially, what can we do on an individual level to promote human relationships and the connection with our patients or the the whole idea of healthcare 3.0? Because all in all, it's all well and good. I understand it. I think it's a great idea, but on an individual level in the current practice, it's hard to implement some of that stuff. Right, like
0: how do I fit in? Is the question.
1: Right. So um, for the introverts, I think it's important to maybe have some conversation points or some starter topics ahead of time, so that way you don't go up to them and be like, "Hi,
0: my name is Andrew." And you just fangirl all over them. You're like, "I love your videos."
1: I, I <sighs> love you. I love you. Yeah, because c- you can get a little creepy really quickly. And I yeah. and I have I've had a you know I've had moments where I'm I've like. I've done that. Yeah. So something like that. Um, At the same time, I have been very quiet and introverted in the past. And I think going to something like this could be beneficial to a person to get out of their shell to grow. So there's going to be some uncomfortability that they're going to experience that you really can't prepare for. It's just uh, you're going to have to learn to cope with the stress of being around a lot of things going on at the same time.
0: I struggle with that. There are these YouTube channels that I've been watching for, like, years. And I've watched them go from these, like, tiny little productions of, like, people with, like, semi-OK quality cameras, you know? And now they've grown into these, like, professionally produced channels that actually have, like, studios and, like, are backed by YouTube and, like, um, It's just interesting to me to see that people can take, um, or even podcasts. I mean, I don't want to name, I don't want to start dropping names of like famous nurses, but there are so many of them that I've been following. Like I've been listening, you know, I listened to their podcast before their podcast, before their podcast. And so um, it's interesting to see that these people have, um, found their niche, and um, a lot of these people I started following in nursing school. I have very specific videos and episodes that I remember from these people that I like. I took this information on as my own, and was like, "This is useful information. I'm going to use it every day that I possibly can." And so, um, I mean, I think I've lost my point, but I guess the point is, oh, the Z Dog. Um, yeah, he's. I think you know, he started out. Just, I don't know if he started with the parody videos, but he started with something that was silly but helpful um, and that caught attention. And now he's like a platform for change and is actually like a major influencer. And the fact that at one point, when I was in nursing school, okay, I've been out of school for just over a year, when I started my two year program, none of us knew who Z Dog was like, none of us. Um, and you know, they showed us his videos and we were like, Oh, that's hilarious. Like, these are great. And then, you know, we started paying more attention to other videos that he put out. And then when I realized that he was actually like podcasting and like making these videos, um, now everybody that I know knows who he is. And so in just that short period of time, you know, uh, it's changed into something that's actually a force for education as well. Um, yeah so I don't know what I was getting at oh but um at conferences sorry this is yes. man this is what <laughs> happens when we record at you know one o'clock in the morning uh without right. show notes if I had show notes I could keep us on task but really this is just a stream of constant constant uh I mean, pure thought
1: but I think don't, don't you think people they don't really give a shit they just like hearing us talk they like to hear the I, I mean, sure I hope
0: all, so I sure hope so I think so but yeah, yeah I think um
1: yeah, I think show notes are good, um, <laughs> but I think at the same time, um, you know, we 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 can keep it flowing. We can this is real life, good.
0: folks. This is super um, super
1: super real life.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but um, in back. I wanna I wanna pull back to the conference um topic of things. Um, I think that um conferences are. You know, I kind of was playing devil's advocate there with that question of like, what do us introverts do? But also, I think it's important to note that people that are at these conferences, they're not at these conferences to be like isolated curmudgeons. Like they're there because they have a lot of the same goals in mind, I imagine. So um, even though you were the only vlogger there, would you say that, you know, people kind of had the same spirit of exchange that you did?
1: I don't know the answer to that. Are you talking about the, the people that came, the, the yeah, non just like the average, the travel nurses?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. Do you feel like people were eager to, like, get into conversations with nurses they had never met before? Or? Oh, heck
1: yes. Oh, there was so many side conversations because in between the aisles of booths, there was also lots of tables. Uh, we each had a breakfast, lunch, and I think there was some snacks. So people were constantly meeting each other and um yeah there was a lot of that just making new friends um there's groups that are devoted to the conference and so you just see and there was even an app that i didn't use because i thought it was eh, the app was okay the facebook groups are better yeah the
0: conference I would
1: just just (laughs) selfie 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 look who i met this is you know tag me in this picture just I made probably 25 friends on Facebook just from the conference and
0: That's cool. you
1: know, subscribers and, you know, et cetera, and you et cetera. Know,
0: I, I had a very different experience at the conference I went to because, like I said, I went to classes partially because they paid a lot of money for those classes, but also as a new nurse, I was trying to learn. Um, I had only been a nurse for three months when I went to this conference. Um, so I feel very blessed that I got to go, but I was very much in a passive, like observational state um, mm-hmm. that I would love to go to another one with the spirit of like what you're talking about, where it's more like a party with a thousand friends you've never met before, where yep. you all just kind of want to like get to know each other and like yep. hook up on social media and um, that I didn't so, get the first time.
1: I can't speak for other conferences or other nursing communities, but travel nurse the travel nurse community is a special breed of person, I think. Well,
0: you're all very adventurous to begin with.
1: That, exactly. And so you, you we approach this conference with that spirit in mind, and we go to meet new people, to have new experiences, to have adventures. So It doesn't take us long to get in the swing of things.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And
1: just have friends and go a part of new groups. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some introverts, but uh, I think the travel nurse community is special in that sense.
0: That you guys are already accustomed to walking into some place where you know no one. And
1: then when you get all 1,600 of us in the same room, it's like, holy shit, this is like a family reunion. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So you gotta go next year.
0: Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will.
1: You know, there's and there's even CEUs. I mean, you're all about the education. I mean, you're gonna get I CEUs. Am, too. I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might have to spend like six, seven hundred bucks for your CEUs, but hey. I mean you'll well, get other stuff too.
0: The funny swag. Th- the funny thing is, is as a new nurse, I was so gung ho about CEUs that I'm only fourteen months in. You know, you get three years your first time around and then after that it's every two years. Um, but I have like 75% of my CEUs done and I got two more years. Right. So, uh, yep. and I get CEUs for being in school for my bachelors. So that might take care of the rest, I don't know.
1: Yep. Yeah, I've been in school most of the time that I've been out of, I've been most, I've been in, how should I say? I've done so much school mm-hmm. in this, time period that I've been a licensed RN and, you know, you get so many CEUs, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's covered. Every state's a little different. I'm not even sure what's Minnesota's requirements. I think it's like 36 for three years or something, but yeah. 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 What's something else they're going to say about the conference, but I can't remember. On a side note, my ear is doing something really weird right now. I think it's starting to unplug a little Clear. bit because of mm. because of the antibiotics so things are starting to drain drain or some something's happening with it and so it's that's good
0: All right. it's a little weird I um, I've had ear infections for most of my childhood and they're fucking horrible and I had I didn't have them for years and then I had one this past winter and one the winter before and both times they were so intense that I woke up that morning and was like bolt upright in bed and was like, I'm going to the doctor now. And I would go in and the doctor would be like, you are flaming red in there. So um, I feel like when I get an ear infection, it's like it takes over so much of my head that I'm like I cannot think straight I'm going now like I think Uh that that last time I think I didn't brush my teeth I didn't put on a bra it was winter I put on some fake Uggs a hoodie three hats and was out the door I was like fuck this shit so um I empathize double your infections I would want to crawl out of my own head that's terrible I'm sorry
1: they're they're actually not painful. I didn't even know I had ear good, infections.
0: Because when I get them, I feel like I'm being ice-picked in the eardrum, basically.
1: Oh, I see. That 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 sucks ass a lot.
0: So good. I'm glad you don't have a ton of pain.
1: Yeah, for now. Yeah. My pain is in the sides and my face a little bit, but
0: my pain is in your on.
1: face, too. Is it? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Stop making me laugh, damn it. Sorry. It hurts. <laughs> um, oh fuck! I was gonna say something really cool about the conference, but I forget. you am sorry. Keep it coming. Keep it. What, what? What? other questions you got about the conference? Um.
0: So really, what do you? add now, now that you've been home from the conference for a while, and you've had a chance to kind of like mull over the experience, um, it's a two-part question. The first part is, how do you think that what not just the networking but just everything overall how do you think this is going to affect your practice and not necessarily practice but how do you think this affects you as a nurse whether it be a youtuber or a bedside nurse how does it affect your practice and also the second part to that is um you know what what do you think do you think what are your your goals for the next one you know like so yeah a long way to ask that question so well how so, do you think this applies to your practice and what practice. do you anticipate with the next one
1: what do I anticipate in the next conference
0: yes yes like if you were to go back and do this all again are there things that you would absolutely do the same are there things you would do differently um, and that's just in a wide open question I'm gonna leave oh. that open to interpretation
1: yes I have lots to add as far as that goes how do i think that the travel nurse conference will affect my practice truthfully not a lot because i didn't get anything from it that would really affect my practice except talk about health 3.0 was powerful Mm -hmm. i totally agree and he's so right that we emphasize our bullshit technologies and EMR systems, it's taking away from our patient time because of our massive documentation burden. Mm-hmm. And all that time, is it really, really truly improving patient care? Or is it some BS government requirement that facilities have to have it? its it, I don't know. So that so that's the thing is the Z talk about health 3.0 was very powerful. And and I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, how how can I reconnect with my patients and try to balance what's important, you know, the real mm-hmm. work of connecting with our patients and patient care and improving their outcomes with this hospital bureaucracy and documentation standards and press Ganey scores and h caps it's
0: like- oh my god let me just tell you as we've been sitting here i got an email uh for the 2017 employee safety culture survey from press Ganey. so i'll be taking what is that it? it's like it's it's a survey for employees it's a press Ganey survey for hospital employees is
1: it anonymous
0: um yes although it's going to be coming through my email like yeah it's, please Uh-oh. Please use this unique link. Do not forward this link. Do you... Those
1: people don't give a shit about what nurses think about their stupid scores.
0: So tell you what, I'm gonna save this. (laughs) We should take this survey. We should do it later on on air, not necessarily tonight, but I'll save that. Okay. And uh, we'll have to go through it and take the Press Ganey survey.
1: Listen, EMRs are a beautiful technology.
0: Yes, they are in many they ways. They
1: improve patient safety. One thing that comes to mind immediately is handwriting versus mm-hmm. electronic. Mm-hmm. That is one very simple function of EMR systems. However, it's like because we can, because we can make these bloated, they're making them bloated. Because we can add more and more and more and more to the documentation requirements that we have to do to cover our ass. I hate that terminology, mm-hmm. cover our ass. Mm-hmm. That, that we live in a society, in a healthcare system that we have to document the shit out of everything to cover our ass because it's a legality takes away from connecting with our patients. And that's what I thought about Z Dog's Health 3.0. It's like you're on to something, man. And do I think that Z Dog is going to change anything overall, big, big time? Maybe. You know, he opened a clinic. Did you read about that? He not yet. Mm-hmm. He opened a clinic and applied the very concepts that he was describing in all of his talks. So basically,
0: showing that it's not just theory.
1: No, he has data to show that his, his. Model. Premise, yeah. 3.0 Premise reduces ED uh, visits and readmission rates. Substantially. The problem is, uh, the, the problem is the health insurance companies wouldn't cover their treatments. So they, ha- I know it's like health insurance companies, want to keep us sick almost. It's like the system is set up to keep our asses sick because you know what pays? Treatment.
0: Thanks Richard Nixon for that.
1: Health doesn't pay, but medications pay. Yeah, of course we're all sick because there's no incentive to get us healthy. We just treat and treat and treat. There's no prevention anyway.
0: It's true. I, I opened so,
1: up a can. I opened up a right. can of worms there.
0: <laughs> but but your overall message is r- sounding loud and clear is that um, the thing that you walked away from that's going to affect your practice is this like kind of this overarching model that's been laid out for you. So while you say you said like oh nothing really, but this huge thing. Well, that's a pretty huge thing. Um, I think that I could ask the corollary to this question then is so if it's not going to directly affect your bedside practice which is totally reasonable because that's not what this was designed to do um, but now I imagine you can say that this will positively affect your um, your online life your 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 business your entrepreneurship yes
1: oh oh without oh yeah for sure I just want to go back a little bit, I guess I underplayed the Z Dog thing and like
0: ah, it's not going to affect my practice, but it, it might. No, I wasn't little bit. saying you were underplaying it. I was saying that it was hilarious because at first you were like, "No, not at all," and then you were like, "Except this." And I think right. you did explain the magnitude of it, but I just thought it was funny that you were like, mm, "Not really at all, except for this massive <laughs> right. thing that changes my paradigm." The, the,
1: I've had those opinions about our healthcare system for a long time. It's it's just that I've happened to come across Z Dog within the last few months, and and how he's this major influencer that is promoting this very thing that that I think a lot of us healthcare professionals feel. But he's peace given he's putting labels on it. He's put it into practice. The system as a whole is very against that because of the way it's designed it's kind of like the car industry doesn't want to change because it's designed to take oil it's Mm -hmm. not designed to take in water or uh, you know false or alternative fuels it's not you know etc so i i what i think is going to happen is i'm going to keep kind of seeking out this type of information of you know what can we do to improve our system on it on an individual level and as a whole because maybe someday i could have a voice in some of that change Mm -hmm. and i can tell you that i would i i the uh, the other side is i don't ever want to be in management i don't want to be in administration I don't wanna be in any of that bullshit because yes, exactly. Ha, these people, (laughs) fuck, these people, I'll give you an example. Oh fuck, these people know, they know that patient ratios, there's been hundreds of research articles that say patient ratios, the better they are, the better patient outcomes are, Mm -hmm. the better reimbursement are, Yet they completely ignore it. It's like, well, if it's not mandated, then I guess we don't have to do it. Those are the type of people that I cannot stand being around. It's like you've sold your soul to the devil.
0: okay? yeah, and one of the things, it's actually interesting that the conversation goes this way. In my class topic, we had a discussion board that we were just talking about this very thing. And it's like the people that are making these ratios are not the people that are spending time on the units. They're not spending time at the bedside. And so um, I kind of described the way the U does, like you know, they have supervisor go around to all the units. While it's not a perfect system, they're laying eyes on the unit. Nurses are going to bed huddles. Uh, so there is some communication between not necessarily the administrators, but the upper management within the nursing department. The problem is, and I said this in the discussion board, I wish we had bed huddles with administrators where we could actually have the people that are writing the rules and it's say about to them. This. Yeah, I know it is. I know it always is in everything, you follow the money to find the source. Like, I get that. Um, But what you're saying is true. It's like this, uh, this, this conundrum that we're in where it's like, if we had more nurses, we'd have better outcomes, but they feel like, I don't know, all the bullshit reasons they give us why that's not possible. It's like, as nurses, we still try to find a way to make our patients better. And so it's like, You know for example if i as a nursing assistant if i found out that i was going to be the only nursing assistant when there should have been two in my head i personally was not someone that was like well fuck it then half the work ain't getting done i was someone that was like fuck i gotta work twice as hard now and i think nurses pick up that slack in a lot of ways so much so that maybe administrators don't see it they're like well you say that you're not able to do this but really your fall rates are improved and your C rates are improved and you know you're doing great and it's like yeah but do you see what it's doing to us to keep up we're running twice as fast yes we're keeping up but at what cost
1: it's it's <laughs> it's a cost in well, it, it it leads to burnout. It leads to burnout, and it leads to poor patient outcomes.
0: Right. Or it leads to nurses in the ER getting fucking saline drips because they push themselves to an expectation instead of you working in a culture where you could say, no, really, I'm not abusing the system. I really am sick. But instead, you had to come in and put yourself through so much shit that it made you so sick you needed emergency care. So that's the system. That's why I wish we could say, you know, in a perfect world where solutions are easy, that we could say to administrators, come stand alongside us and see the abuse that we're putting ourselves through. I know that that's a very idealistic, unrealistic way of, you know, wishing for resolution. But, you know, it's like how, how many of those people would have been quick to sign your name on a shit list for signing off, yet you're standing at a bedside in a mask potentially yep. not thinking clearly taking care yep. of patients that are you know compromised and here you are supposed to be large in charge and healthy and taking care of them like what position does that leave you in
1: it means i'm fucked adrian <laughs> right
0: but but if you but if yeah. you had called in sick a day yep. after getting off a plane from vegas they would have been like fuckers oh. trying to extend his vacation oh. For sure, I mean, they'll, they'll yeah. trust you. They'll trust you with pushing vasopressors into someone's veins, but they won't trust you to know whether or not you're legit to call in sick.
1: <laughs> so, I'm gonna put that on a back burner.
0: Are <laughs> <laughs> seventy eight back burners? Right.
1: Yeah. Are we keeping track of any of this? Yeah, I actually. Do you, write, do you take notes as you edit?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. So good. I'm glad because we we have this as we talk. It's like, ooh, that could be a good topic.
0: Let's do that. So the problem is, is I edit in a different place in my house almost every time. So there's like five little notepads all over the apartment that have yep. random fucking yep. notes on them. I,
1: yeah. I've been uh, trying to leave my phone at home. So I've been taking these little notepads at work. And <laughs> it's like I've got all these ideas. I'm like, I'm freaking crazy sometimes. Uh-huh. Look at this. Oh. oh Yep, yep. Ah, oh, that's sweet. So, you asked me about how the conference is going to affect my online presence, essentially. Yes. There There was some really cool shit that was happening, Adrian. So, I told Sarah before we left, I'm like, I think it might be possible that I might get recognized at the conference. Because I'm out there so much. My YouTube videos, on the Facebook groups... I do a lot of funny memes. I share my snaps on the Facebook groups. Some of them get like seven, 800 likes. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a group of 60,000 nurses. So that's not a lot of likes compared to the number no, of people. But, but the But exposure. compared
0: to yours truly is likes, you're blowing me out of the water and I'm well, glad.
1: I mean, fair enough. But the thing is, is it gets a lot of exposure and I, There was a point where I was posting probably like every other day, maybe sometimes multiple times a day. I, I stopped because I got some shit from a troll online, but that's beside the point, Which we should
0: talk about that. I know what you're talking about. We should talk about that too. Keep going.
1: We should, I'm going to, yes. I'm going to just briefly say that, that, that person's insulting comments was actually beneficial because two reasons. One, I realized I was posting too much on the group. I was using it too much and not adding value as much as I could, like different types of value. Like, yes, humor is valuable, but also like other types of value. Um, I was being a little too self-promotional in that aspect. So I, I got that, like I was doing it too frequently. Number two is that person's comments lit a fire on my ass, and I started my own group that I can adjust the culture the way I see as a positive change to the community. So because the, the, the big group that I constantly post in is very negative. That's beside the point. The point is I start, so there is some benefit. If you look, if you can figure out a way to get it out of a bad situation. And that's what happened there. So I told Sarah, I'm like, Hey, there's a possibility that some people might recognize me. Adrian, I was on the Las Vegas strip walking and this chick comes up to me over my shoulder and she looks at me and she's like i know you
0: <laughs> and i'm like
1: what do you mean you know me and she was wasted she's like yeah you're that guy on youtube <laughs> i was like what what crazy this is what's going on in my mind I'm, this is actually uh like day three but that just shows like middle of the strip about a half a mile from the hotel where the hub of the conference was Mm -hmm. some random girl comes up to me and she's like i know you (laughs) crazy so i told i told my best friend and sarah i said don't allow me to because because you can allow you can allow this notoriety to get to your mind like oh yeah i'm hot shit
0: Mm -hmm.
1: hey i told them don't ever let me become a (laughs) douchebag. I think there's a part of all of us that we're like, ooh, I love it. Give me some more. It's like a a drug almost, notoriety. Mm -hmm. Don't ever let me become a douchebag. I say it every time I talk to my buddy because every time I talk to him because he lives in a different state, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm growing every time I talk to him. It's like more opportunities are arising. So I just remind him because he's kind of like my my go-to for personal advice, and uh, <laughs> he's been there for me. I I walk in. I walk into the conference. The first person that recognized me is the founder of the conference.
0: <laughs> Dang. And I was like,
1: "Ooh, it's legit." So, and it just kept happening over and over and over again. So, the the first person that recognized me was Phil Light, the founder of the conference. Um, and we had a great conversation to be, and we, we did videos. We, we corresponded in, through email. So it was pretty neat that he, you know, he recognized me. Um, and I, I just, when I first approached the conference, I just wanted to just take it all in. So I, I knew I just wanted to just kind of stroll around and not really talk to too many people. Uh, but that changed really quickly. <laughs> Honestly, Adrian, probably I was probably stopped maybe like 50 times of people that just like, it it ranged from, I know your face. I don't know where from, but I know you. (laughs) To, oh my God, you're the guy from YouTube. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, that's it. I'm just just Andrew, I'm just Andrew. How are you? (laughs) So, you know, you and I, we're, we're doing something special. You know, we're improving the lives of our colleagues and people out there by sharing our experiences with the world (laughs) through the podcast, through my YouTube channel, through the MRC YouTube channel, you know, all social media, we we are making a difference. And I guess the people that came up to me validated that. Some people were like, your snaps make my shifts tolerable.
0: Yeah, like um, we had, we only have one comment on YouTube on guys we need some comments Uh, but the one person that said um, or the commented said finally something to get me through those long night shifts keep them coming and so um i'm someone that if i'm charting and it's you know not a crazy night i will put one of my wireless earbuds in while i chart you know i can pop it out if i have to go into a room but honestly i get to sit and listen to snippets of things here and there And I would listen to our show. And I'm not saying that to be a douchebag either. Like, if it was just a bunch of nurses sitting around talking, like, those are the things that I listen to. Yep. But I think we're approaching it from a little bit of a different angle. Anyway, I don't want to get too self-righteous and tooting our horn. If people like what we're doing, they like it. I really enjoy it. Um, Yeah. And we... And I think it's cool that people are recognizing you for what you're doing, because it means that they are getting value from it. Um, I think of the other nurses that I've watched on YouTube over the years and the shit that's directly influenced the way I think about things or the way I do things or the way I learn. Like, those are big deals to me. So if I were to go to a conference and see some of these nurses, I would have to control myself from fangirling a lot. Not not just, not because there's like an element of celebrity, but because it's like, oh my God, I saw your video four years ago and I credit my success in nursing school, like a quarter of it to just watching your video. Um, And there are a few videos that I can actually say that about where I'm like that video fucking revolutionized the way I learned um and so if I were to see these people it's not so much like oh my god you're famous I've seen you on tv it's like oh my god I think about that thing that you taught me 36 hours a week for the last 14 months like those are the kinds of things that I feel
1: so um you know I uh I started doing this for one reason, and that is to simply help mm-hmm. people. Imagine a nurse wanting to help. Right. It's so simple. And that and that's the reason why I became a nurse. It's so cliche, right? But we all get a, a sense of gratification from that connection we have with our, our patients, our family members, and the heaviness of our job Mm-hmm. Not so much from the patients, but the other stuff, mm-hmm. kind of the behind the scenes stuff. The reason why we do things—it mm-hmm. it takes away from that love we have for people. And I remember when I started volunteering in an emergency department before I was even a nursing student, and I just—I remember that excitement. That wow, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm really doing it. And. When these people approached me, complete random strangers, and said, "You know what? You're making my shifts better. You're making a difference." You know when when they talked about our podcast. You know, like, wow, how awesome is that? And it validated that we're on the right track, mm-hmm. even if we're not getting the likes and comments that we like to see. Because I'd love to get more <laughs> likes and comments Same. for us, me. <laughs> but know that we've got 300 hours of listening time on this. That's
0: 300 hours. How many days Woo! is that? Hold on, I need to do that there's, math real quick. I can't do that. That's yet. just on like one morning. outlet. Yeah. I mean, there's so probably double that equivalent. out there. That's like 12 and a half days. That would be like if people were sitting in a room listening to our shit for 12 and a half days.
1: Yes. so It's pretty cool. It is very cool. And <laughs> we're doing something very special for the world. And
0: when wow. you come at
1: it with just you wanting to help people, people just gravitate towards that. And I, I'm going to keep doing it. And I know you're going to keep doing it. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. So how is it going to affect my channel? I think I'm going to do the exact same thing that I've been doing. Because I know it's working, it's helping people. Um, I know that I've made more connections in the industry, and it is honestly possible that I could do YouTube slash podcasting full time. Like maybe, maybe next year, uh do like nursing part-time. Yeah. Because it it's it's a path that I have to look into. Huh? Take, take me with you yeah
0: no I I mean the the thing is I have more ideas than I have time and part of that I know you're in school as well but I am too and um, I don't know I feel like I'm at a point where I haven't gained my focus yet like I feel like I want to do all these things and I need to find out what of those things I'm best at like I'm, I've am i got a personal blog, I'm on all the social media, I have the Medroom Chronicles blog I have all the Medroom Chronicles social media like I need to draw in my focus um, and until then I have about 100,000 videos I want to make
1: <laughs> and
0: the thing is is that um, because I'm a really kind of overly thoughtful person about myself Um, I'm very critical of myself I always have been but like I'll record the same video like five times and each time I'll try to make it perfect and then finally I'll just be like fuck it and I'll just sit down one morning after I've gotten off work and I'll do the same thing unscripted one take and it's better than the five other like pre-planned videos that I tried to do so yeah but i have such insecurity um that uh it stops me from just turning on the microphone myself and like telling a bunch of stories i can talk for days on end but i don't necessarily believe that anyone wants to listen to it without another party involved (laughs) so maybe i'll give it a shot and see how people feel i've done a couple little like quickie videos like um yeah. yeah so I think it's interesting to hear you say, you know, that you've got plans and you want to do this full time. I still am having very much a hobbyist fun time with it. I want to get to a point where I can do it seriously, but I also feel like such a novice that I'm having a hard time taking myself seriously. You know? I got you. Um, like I'm very dedicated to yeah. this and I've spent, I don't even want to tell you guys how many hours uh, focused on learning how to edit, you know, how to market and whatnot. But really the truth of the matter is I just need to turn the camera on more and just do it.
1: So there's a YouTuber that I follow. Have you heard of Casey Neistat?
0: Yes, actually I have.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I watch him as, as well. A million I and mean, you know,
0: as someone who was uh, very much like, I very much consider myself a photographer, even though I don't do it professionally, I did it as a hobby, I did a lot of stuff, I did it with shit equipment, and I think I did a decent job of it, at least documenting some of these experiences that I had in my community. Um, So I do consider myself a photographer, and I think I have that artful eye, and I wanna bring that to the videos that I'm making. And I think he does a really good job of that, of catching the way that NPR catches a story. Like you can hear it, you can smell it, you're hearing them talk about it, you're like there in the experience. Um, I wanna teach nurses in that way. Like I wanna tell yeah. such a vivid story that the nurse remembers it when they're in practice and they say, oh yeah, I heard that nurse talk about that thing. Here's how she handled it, here's how I'm gonna yeah. handle it.
1: I, I remember he, he's done hundreds of videos, mm-hmm. it's amazing. One thing that stuck with me that he said he interviewed another YouTuber that's bigger than him. I can't remember who it was, and he asked him for the number one piece of advice that he'd give to people that are aspiring YouTubers, aspiring vloggers. Do you know what it is?
0: Just do it. <laughs> I don't Just know what.
1: Keep recording. Yeah. Just keep recording. That's it so simple and so I look at my videos and I'm like oh god I really screwed up there I <laughs> jump cut that too quickly ah why did I do it like that why did I release it there's no way someone would pay me for that how the hell is that possible that it's even you know happening but I'm I'm just gonna keep doing it and the kinks will work themselves out and that's and that's what I'm gonna keep doing I know my shit isn't gonna be perfect but you know it's not about the technology or the sexy editing. It's about you being you and you offering the world.
0: Which is all it, is I think all, people, which is all it can
1: be. Yeah, and you have a very unique and awesome voice that I think people want to hear because I want to hear it. I'm listening to you. It's been two hours now.
0: Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's the same as, um, as a nurse, as I, you know, when I first started practicing as a nurse, I was nervous about laying down the law for patients who needed someone to lay down the law and say, like, you need to do this if you, you know, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to get into a fake dialogue here. But the point I'm trying to make is, it took me some time I feel like I'm a more confident nurse than I was when I started. And now I feel like as an educator, I need to grow. On one hand, uh, you know, I don't feel like there's a part of me that's like, you're not an authority on shit. But at the same time, I've worked in a hospital for over a decade. You can't tell me that I didn't glean some shit here and there. But also, as a nurse, you know, there are things that, like with anything, whether it be a sport or cooking or whatever, some things you're just naturally good at. And so some nurses are really good at, you know, you've got your nurse who's great at blood draws. You've got your nurse that's great at taking the trauma patient and making them look like they're in one piece again. I'm the type of nurse that's good at like taking the person who's agitated and scared and like kind of smoothen that out. So, like, we all have these roles that we fill within nursing, things we're just naturally good at. And I think that those are the things we need to talk about. Like, I'm not an expert at talking about the technical aspects of nursing, but I can tell you how I've made patients feel better, how I've made my coworkers get along better, how, you know, so I'm trying to focus on the things that I'm good at. But it's hard to recognize what your strengths are when you're so new to the game, you know, like you've been in the game a few years. So you can be like my strengths in nursing are A, B, C and D, you know, where I only have A and B, you know. Um, So for me, I know there are things I'm good at and I know that I have wisdom and value to impart to people. But at the same time, it's like, how do I zoom in on those things that I'm good at, you know, because I want to talk about everything.
1: Yeah, I will say, though, that the perspective of being a noob, essentially, is a valuable perspective, because there are so many new nurses out there that want to connect to other new nurses. There's YouTubers that are new nurses that share their experience, like whatever that is, about conflict, about encountering a difficult patient situation, so you may you know just because you don't have seven skills that you're good at because you haven't been doing it a long time just like you said you've been still been in the hospital for 10 years mm-hmm. you've been in, you've been in the hospital double the time that you have double the experience that i have in healthcare i've only you know and and you could say that you have even more experience valuable experience than i have even though yeah i've been in acute care and i've travel nursed it i'm just saying that I think you have more experience and knowledge and wisdom than you are giving yourself credit for.
0: Yeah, and so that's part of the struggle is like recognizing where I'm in. A th- and, you know, also having the humility and the boundaries to know where my expertise ends. And I think that one of the things that makes me best suited to be a nurse is the fact that as nurses, our learning never stops. Like we're always having to learn the next best deeper better more evidence-based like we're constantly growing learning educating ourselves constantly involved in in services and comps and all the shit that we have to do to maintain our skills and our our relevancy in the industry so i think that as we go through more and more of that you know we develop what am i saying i'm, I'm rambling basically like as we develop these skills i think it's important to know where our limitations are as well as what our what our um exceptional skills are so like that person Which you didn't mention it before but like that uh that troll that was calling you out if i can say so like um basically was saying that like you don't have enough experience to be an authority oh however <laughs> that is that what you're thinking of
1: there's uh, now no that's that's the other one yeah
0: but i guess what i want to say to that is yeah. it's like with me Yeah, you ask me how long I've been a nurse, and I'll tell you I've been a nurse for 14 months. You can end your conversation there and dismiss me for everything. But I'll tell you what, like, I can walk into a situation where a patient has ripped out their NG, they're foley, they're bleeding, they're scared, they're half out of bed, and I can walk into that situation and not be like, oh, my God, what the fuck do I do with this patient? I can walk in and be like, okay, get the patient back to say, do this, clamp this off, turn this off, shut this off, get the nurse, you know, like I can walk into that situation and make sense of it and know what to do without panicking. There are some nurses that have been nurses for years that would walk into that situation and would be like, get the CNA, you know, like...
1: I think you just—you answered your own question. I the guess fact I that
0: you—you
1: you, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you—you are you comfortably saying that you can walk into an emergency situation, be like, "I'm not going to freak out." Tells me that you have the wisdom and skill set that you seem to say that you don't, but you do.
0: It's <laughs> so, more an insecurity that other people say. like yeah, your exactly. troll. It's
1: more an insecurity say. that it's somebody tough, on YouTube is gonna say, "You don't know what the fuck you're talking about."
0: Fuck those people. Yeah. We, we can we can, we can edit that. But fuck those people. Screw <laughs> <No, we
1: haven't. laughs> those people. You know, there's always gonna be haters. There's always gonna be trolls. You know, when you put yourself out there, I found that being I think being a hundred percent vulnerable and transparent and honest doesn't give people ammunition because what else is there if you aren't but that? And that's what I've been doing with my videos. That's how I treat people online. I'm just like, this is how it is for me.
0: I mean, I'm as dorky and as genuine as they come. I kind of, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve very much so.
1: Right. So so yes, I think that is the the long answer that <laughs> you and I are on to something and we're gonna keep going here. And when you're a professional podcaster, six months from now, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I told you so, Adrian. I told you, you just gotta believe. I the tiger.
0: Now that you're home from the conference and you have these people that you've met and these connections that you've made, you know how how what's the best plan for nurturing those relationships so that they can become lucrative is not the right word so that they become the beneficial connections that you that you want them to be. Like, how do you nurture these relationships essentially?
1: That's a tough one because I'm still learning that myself. Um maintaining relationships at a distance online is challenging of course i think it depends on the type of relationship that we're talking about if it's a on an individual level um i think i encourage people to connect with me on my social media account so that we can have a conversation there i always tell people you know you can you can email me directly on on the other note um I had a comment on my YouTube channel recently about a husband inquiring about information about traveling for his wife. He must be more techie than his wife or something and I'm like, "Hey, just have her email me or I I stuck my number in the comments." I'm like, "You know what? Cuz <laughs> Yeah, just call me anytime. I'm available anytime." And that's I think that's the type of thing that you know, people are looking for is, you know, access to a to help that's why they seek out information right
0: and, and a, a non-threatening presence. help like help like someone that you know is like just in it because at one point they wished someone would have done it for them you know
1: exactly and what I found is I, I probably well I feel like I'll have to change my number someday because I get contact <laughs> a lot um, but I love it it's cool is that a train?
0: Yeah, my windows are open. Oh, okay, I'm like, what the hell is that noise? <laughs>
1: gotcha.
0: Yep. It's coming around the bend.
1: As far as the business relationships, also that's a, a new world for me and when you start to tell people that you're valuable it feels weird. For me I, I ha- I'm still learning about how to tell people that I'm valuable because I see the value in what I'm doing on, on their end on their on like a travel nurse agency end they see a guy that's connected to a community that they want to tap into and they want to use my platform to to get their message out there. And that is valuable. To, pr- to attach a price tag on that, how does a person do that? I'm still learning that myself. And I've made mistakes already. I'm s- continuing learning. Describing yourself as valuable is weird if you've never done it before. Selling yourself is very weird if you've never done it. Uh, But as far as nurturing that relationship, that business relationship, I think Having a very open conversation about each person's expectations and desires and outcomes early on is important. I'll give an example. I am on the side talking to a company that wants to hire me to do some services for them. And right now it's been very challenging to communicate with them. They're not getting back to me. And professionally, that annoys the shit out of me because I have, a I I sacrifice a lot of time doing this internet thing Mm -hmm. I work a full-time job I basically work a full-time job online and I and I sacrifice a lot of time from Sarah yeah and so when a company dicks around essentially it is frustrating to me so I wrote this really frank email and then I'm like okay Andrew whoa 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 just dial it back a little bit (laughs) back it up because I can get a little impulsive sometimes same and I was and I thought and then I, I, I reeled it in and I said, because the first email, the first iteration was like, hey, listen, I don't have time for this. Essentially, you're you're this lack of communication feels to me like my time is not a priority to you. And if it's not a priority to you, maybe we can reevaluate later. Maybe you guys are too busy for me right now. And that's cool. That's totally cool. I need I just need to know don't so I don't me. keep wasting my time. Yeah, which is a reasonable thing. I'm gonna give them one more chance to give me information about what's going on. I would said, right, let's talk next week, and basically that's it. As opposed to all the other shit I said, <laughs> because I don't want to burn bridges.
0: Right, I, you want to? Be it wouldn't careful. have burned a
1: bridge. It just would have made things a little weird, harder to
0: get through right. that door
1: potentially. It's, so at the same time, on an individual level, our our time is the only thing we have. Yeah. The most valuable thing we have, and if a good relationship respects that, and if I call and call and email and email and I hear nothing, I'm going to give you a couple chances because I understand that I don't know what's going on across the country, right. but we are in an age where I can get my email, phone calls, tech, Morse code, <laughs> flamingos flying a baby, ordered right from this phone, okay? There's really no, there's zero excuses, zero excuses right. for lack of communication. I so, agree. you know, it's all that age old, communication is most important and it's true. So I'm still learning this dynamic of relationships. I respect people's time and I expect it on my end too. So it's exciting. It's exciting <coughs> to get into this new world of entrepreneurship as a nurse because every nurse has potential to use their clinical knowledge and our, because we we sell our patients, you better believe we sell our patients on taking their meds, Mm -hmm. on educating our patients. We have clinical intuition. We have lots of background information and knowledge about pathophys and all Mm -hmm. this other AMP stuff. So that all that knowledge can be packaged into something valuable that a nurse could use to sell, to create, to give aside from just the standard box of bedside nursing. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to build online. And I think the conference validated that I'm on the right track and that I'm going to continue moving forward. I'm just not sure what the destination is right now because it seems to change like every other week because <laughs> of opportunities.
0: Well, that's okay. I mean, better to have too many opportunities than not enough right. um, because you never know how these you know, you, you didn't see this coming a few weeks ago. So um, that's one thing that I've said to people. I've especially said to people who are considering nursing or uh, family members who ask me why I chose nursing. And the thing that I love to tell people is the job that I am destined to do might not even exist yet. Like we look at, for example, nurse informatics If you would have said to people in the 1970s, like, I'm studying informatics, they would have been like, what the fuck is that? These are things that are only as old as we are, or, you know, even younger, or, you know, the new changes that'll come that we can't even predict yet. So I think that it's true. I think that you can take whatever it is that you've learned at the bedside and you can repackage it in a way that's... um, interesting and a new fresh perspective
1: i think yep and and valuable and valuable uh, nurses are not good at giving themselves credit where credit is due okay it's not just you <laughs> nurses it's because we're not taught to do that we're taught to serve others we're not yeah. taught to serve our own self-interest because t- deep down we're not like that. We're not in the business aspect of healthcare. We're in the caring aspects of healthcare.
0: And there's some level of self-sacrifice that accompanies that. So much.
1: Um, So you're right there. I, I just want to reiterate to anyone that's listening out there, if you've ever had the inkling of doing something beyond the traditional roles of nursing, We're in a fantastic time in history where we have technology at our disposal. Even if you just have a simple cell phone Mm -hmm. and a cheapy tripod from Amazon and a basic computer, you you can do whatever you want and a microphone. Hell, you don't even have to have a fancy microphone. So I encourage people to seek out opportunity Seek out change for themselves if you aren't satisfied with your current state of affairs, because that's that's what um, you know is one of the reasons why I started doing what I've been doing. Is uh, I I knew something was out there for me. I just didn't know what, and that's what really prompted me to get yeah. into videos. Yeah. And so that is a very long, convoluted explanation <laughs> of the Travelers Conference. Well. This has been seven hours, three minutes, and thirty seconds.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to get Steven Spielberg to produce this. Right? (laughs) We're going to add in some explosions and fart noises at the end.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I think think this was a fantastic reunion
0: episode. We haven't talked in weeks. I know. It's been ridiculous. We went from making episode after episode to everybody being on vacation but me. Mm.
1: You need a vacation is what you need. Yeah, no shit. Well, it's been fantastic talking with you, Adrian. Agreed. Good, sir. And we will talk probably next week, I suspect.
0: Uh, yeah, let's do that because uh, we got we got more, so much more to talk about.
1: Hey, so I will talk with you later and you have a good night.
0: Yeah, and to everyone listening, thanks for enduring another long episode of Medroom Chronicles. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Happy nursing, folks.
1: All righty. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Here at MedRoom Chronicles, we may be uncensored, but we are not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA of 1996. The things we talk about are combinations of years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, trust me, we're not. Also, we're real nurses here to provide accurate and helpful info, but don't take us as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's Board of Nursing, Practice Acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect those of our employers or educational institutions. Thanks for listening and happy nursing, guys.